Chicago. This is your new morning routine. Cap and J-Hood. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's Home for Sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We've got Shay, we got JC, we got you for a three-hour ride here on this Wednesday with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN-332-3776. That's our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's where you can watch our show, not only this show, but all the shows here at ESPN Chicago. And Cap, so... I want to be able to talk to you about a number of things today because we got a lot of stuff we didn't get to yesterday that we're going to pour into the show today. And it really starts with the Bears regarding Matt Eberflus. I told you tongue-in-cheek when you gave us the breaking news that Eberflus is going to be the head coach for the Bears. I said, this guy will never see Arlington Heights because it was so underwhelming that the name. That was the first thing you said. Yeah, you it threw it to me. You threw it to me and said, this guy will never see Arlington Heights. And, and the reason why I said that is because of uh, several reasons. One, the way things move slowly in this state as far as trying to br- build infrastructure and who's going to pay for the stadium and back and forth and how that's all going to be settled. That's one. But most importantly, because the Bears, since Lovey Smith, really have not been able to have a coach or a system in place in which you say, this is the head coach, this is the general manager, here's what we're going to go with for a decade. Because it changes so much, because the team has been so bad and so uh, underwhelming. But I just look at this first year, and again, we have one more game to go, but we know how this is going to go. The Bears will lose on Sunday. Yes. But, but the, the point is, though, Cap, is that this guy comes in, underwhelming choice, Eberflus, the first choice for the general manager. And he comes in as a guy that is a defensive-minded guy, he's been around the league and a kind of a veteran guy. But I always thought, this is just kind of a placeholder for what's next, mm-hmm. whenever that is. Mm-hmm. So how do we look at what Iberflus has done and not done so far? I, For the first time, I am starting to question, is he in over his head? And why do you say that? Because I watched a team that basically quit in the second half last week. There was no hits principle last week. The fact that they're down 38-10 to 10 and he's still got Justin Fields out there to get his head kicked in. The team is horrible. Now, again, I am the first guy that told you in July people got sick of hearing it. They don't have any talent. Mm-hmm. They built this thing to lose. Sure. And they have accomplished their objective if they can finish this off on Sunday If they get help, they'll pick one. If not, they'll pick two. Whatever. I'm just not sure he's the guy. I'm not sure he's the guy. Did you think that when you heard the name, when you broke the news that Iberflus is the head coach? What did you think? I was underwhelmed. You thought the color beige. Exactly. Beige. (laughs) Whatever. That's what you thought. Okay. Whatever. Um, yeah. I'm not asking for them to fire him. Mm-hmm. I'm not a- telling you that he's, you know, Matt Nagy, who had a four-year track record that was less than positive. Sure. So my question is, if you installed in the ownership group George Steinbrenner, rest in peace, mm-hmm. or Mark Cuban, or... Pick any of the huge dudes that own franchises. Now, Stan Kroenke. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy sitting out there who openly wants to come back to coach, has already put his staff together. He happens to be from Naperville. 
he's great with young quarterbacks, asked Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Would you not make a call? I certainly would, yes. We just saw, uh, what's his name? Nathaniel Hackett. Not even last a season in Denver. First report here on Cap and Jay Hood. Correct. He was out. He's over his head. It wasn't going to work. And he's out. Yes. Gone. Here's your money. Go. Yep. The Walton family has more money than all of us combined. Many times over. Yeah. So my question is, hang on a second. We've got, we're all in on Justin. All in. Sure. Would you not call Sean Payton? Sure I would. Sean, what would it take? And Albert Breer told us yesterday, Monday Morning Quarterback, SI.com, that the offer that he was considering until they couldn't get a deal done because he was under contract in New Orleans was five years, $100 million at Miami. Sure. $20 million a year. Yeah, that's no problem. Okay. Like, like, I, guess, like I always tell you, I'm never concerned about the money because it's not my money. Correct. I'm always looking at the quality, the talent. Okay, so if I said to you, you're the owner, you and I are co-owners. Mm-hmm. Johnny, meet me for a cup of coffee. We got to talk. What's up? I just got off the phone. I had a confidential conversation with Sean Payton. Yeah? To do what? Sean wants the job. It's going to take five and one twenty-five, twenty-five million a year. We can get him. It's going to cost us some draft capital, not the number two overall pick, but our 2025 number one pick, whatever the case, whatever the package is, two twos, whatever it is. He's the best at developing quarterbacks. The best. It's him or Andy Reid. We can get Sean Payton. He's from here. He'll take the job. Mm -hmm. The staff he wants to put together is insane. We'll have Vic Fangio back as our DC. We'll start building this thing the right way. Sure. What do you do? Of course. Of course you make the call. They won't. Well, no. I'm just telling you ask me what I would do. And I'm t- giving you the answer. That answer is of course I would have the conversation. See, I'm I'm not I don't pause when it comes to the money. Look how much my franchise is worth. So I'm not worried about having tag days or bringing the tin cup around, seeing if you can just add a little money for Sean Payton. Could you help me out? There's, there's no help. Mm-hmm. You're the Chicago Bears. If you really are serious about trying to win, it's one thing to be a billionaire. I tell you this all the time, Cap. The, the reason why money and the conversation about money and sports doesn't necessarily phase me that much is because I know owners are making a money hand over fist. It's never a conversation for me because I know how much money they're making. But what I care about if I was an owner is look at me. I want to be able to walk through a restaurant, go to a meeting with other owners, and for people to look at me and say, my God, it's Jonathan Hood, owner of the Bears. <laughs> How's it going, old Val? Hey, sit here. Take my seat, please. Now sit down. Let's talk a little bit. How'd you do it? Super Bowl champions. It's unbelievable. Infrastructure. It's like night and day. Please sit down. Anything this guy wants. That's what I want for the Bears. I want them to be the cock of the walk. I want them to be able to be on the marquee as one of the top teams, not from a money standpoint, but from an infrastructure championship standpoint. Let me ask you That's what I want for the Bears. Is that fair? Yes. Do you see any similarities at all in when the Cubs went and plucked Joe Madden? Gave him. Sure. He was making a little under $2 million in Tampa. Mm-hmm. They paid him $5 million a year for five years and a bonus. He got a million-dollar raise if they won the World Series. So he went to $6 million a year in his second year. That was, like, big-time money for a manager back then. So... In this correlation, in this correlation, in, in, in this correlation, Iberflus is Rick Renteria. That's my point. Yeah, Rick, here's a little extra on the side. Mm-hmm. We're sorry you're getting screwed, but it's Joe Madden. Sure, and it worked. They won, of course. So the Cubs were ready to win when Joe got here. The Bears are not. But other than that, the correlation is we've got this young quarterback. We need the best possible tutor we could find. 
That's fair. Like, let me ask you this. Okay. Why did it take them till the mini-buy to figure out we better run this guy if we're going to try and win games? Because you have a neophyte as a head coach, a neophyte as an offensive coordinator, a neophyte as a general manager. You have a young quarterback that's learning on the job. That's why they had to learn on the fly. Everyone's learning at the same spot. That's why. That's why. Because you don't have enough experience all across the board. Mm-hmm. Even George is inexperienced in the position that he's in right now. Even George. Because he's like, well, I'm, you know, Ryan's going to report to me, so he's going to teach me. What? You're the owner. He's going to teach you what? That's the thing that was also kind of weird. Like, so everyone's starting at the same spot, Cap. Mm-hmm. That, that's why. Don't you see that even if Sean Payton was here today, he'd be another dope in a Bears cap because he'd have to look at the same roster and say, I don't have any other t- any, any talent. If you if you hired him today for next year, they'd still struggle. They'd still be the worst team in the division. They're going to be last place again next year. Yeah, that's, that's the the point is though is that if if and here's what's interesting about this: if you project that Eberflus can't get the Bears to be a better football team, he and Poles. If you don't think that he can do it, can Peyton do that? And how quickly can he turn it around? We know his credentials, but also he's got skins on the wall and all of that. But even Sean Payton can't win without talent. Correct. But if Sean Payton rolled in here, and again, he would have to be able to work with Ryan Poles, uh, I would feel much better about Sean Payton developing Justin Fields mm-hmm. than I do about the current setup. And that's not a shot at Getze or Andrew Janot. That's not a shot at them. He's Sean Payton. I get it. However... Uh, that team would still be in last place, and Justin Fields would be a pro bowler. Where does that get you? Ultimately, the goal is to get to the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team. So, like, he can get Fields to be better. But at the same time, what about the rest of the team? I mean, you, this is, even Sean Payton would have to look at this and look at this Bears roster and go, man, if I take this job, it's going to take a few years. I mean, more than a few years to be able to get it right. But do more, here's the question. You're going to have to figure out sooner rather than later, are you paying Justin whatever it is, $250 million, whatever the number is. He's going into year three next year. Mm-hmm. Can you afford to not, can you afford to not have the best possible guy who is available on top of it to develop your young quarterback. No, I think that's very important. But let's go back to one of your conversations that you had with me regarding doesn't matter who the head coach is, doesn't matter if he has an offensive or defensive background. So what can't what can Eberflus unlock on Justin Fields? I mean, he's not a, an offensive guy. He's a his background is defensive coordinator, more of a CEO like. So why can't he do that? You say you're not sure, but why can't he unlock the mystery of Justin Well, he Fields? has no track record of developing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. But if you go back and look, Russell Wilson developed under who? Pete Carroll. And his staff. They mm-hmm. put a staff there. Yep. Pete Carroll was a defensive coordinator. Josh Allen, who we all think is amazing, top three, top four for MVP, his head coach is a defensive coach. The greatest player of all time, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. his head coach, a defensive coach. And Matty, Mike Tomlin, defensive yeah. coach. And Matt Eberflus, defensive coach, will get the Bears exactly where they need to be. Matt Eberflus. <laughs> I mean. And that same lineage, right? Oh, yeah. Because it, it doesn't matter, right? doesn't matter if it's offensive guy or defensive guy. It doesn't. Guy. All right, then they're going to ride with Eberflus. But the guys I gave you have proven they can develop quarterbacks with their staff. Well, their yeah. staff does it. Well, you got to start someplace. This is just year one. I mean, Brady says openly, Josh McDaniels and all these other guys were essential in his development. Mm-hmm. Belichick is a great head coach. There's a difference between being an offensive guy, a defensive guy, and being a head coach. Jimmy Johnson talked about it again the other day. A head coach is the CEO of the operation. Sure. He said, I don't care... If you're offense, defense, specialty, John Harbaugh never was a coordinator. He's a hell of a head coach. You know what? Ryan Poles feels the same way. That's why he's riding with Ibra as the head coach. Hmm? Sean Payton's available. 
which we keep hearing he is. But why can't Eberflus be in those, those same long, that those great coaches that you mentioned that were defensive coordinators? They're CEOs of the team. What about Eberflus? Same way, right? Hard pass. Well, I mean, this is what you said. So let's do this, Shay. Let's open the phone lines at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you ran the Bears, would you go after Sean Payton? Sean Payton or Matt Eberflus? What do you think is best for the Chicago Bears? What would you do? Captain J. Hood, morning 7 to 10. Hey, Mr. Shoup, wow. Uh, you in this class too? Mm-mm. I'm teaching it. No, no way! Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We got Sean and Oshak coming up at 8 o'clock. You know, there's always new rules, and there's new rules in the state of Illinois, so many of them. But one of them, Shay, is regarding the new look for classrooms and who's teaching uh, our next generation. Yeah, new Illinois law says it will allow college students with a minimum of 90 credit hours, so like junior, senior year college students, uh, will be allowed to substitute teach in Illinois. What do you Say that again. Yeah, college students, 90 credit hours, Mm -hmm. 20, 21, 22-year-olds will be allowed to substitute teach in the state of Illinois. The 22-year-old David Kaplan, you don't want teaching your kids. How do I reach these kids? Okay, so... I, I, but there's always the nerd, though, Cap. There's plenty of them that could be able to help you and teach. Not knuckleheads like you and I. This are waiting for the next game to come on. Not for you and I. But wow. there, there's, there's people that could be able to help teach the next generation that are in the education, you know. Not everybody, but there's some. What's wrong with that? <laughs> You can't look at yourself in that situation. First of all, who are you teaching? I would like to know from people out there <laughs> when they were in school. Yes, and the substitute, you know, Mister Hood's off today. He's sick or he's at jury duty or whatever it is. And you got Mister Nor. Hi, I'm Mister Norling. I'm your substitute teacher. Yay! You didn't give him any like respect. I'd you be such a good substitute. You didn't denigrate him, but you you certainly didn't look and go, well, oh, I wonder what I could learn from Mr. Norling. It was a freaking day off. If you're going to smoke that bowl, make sure you say me something. <laughs> Pass it over here, pal. <laughs> I'm sure that that would be part of the uh, Norling text. It would be part of his curriculum. Hi, yeah, I'm Mr. Norling. Please bring any extra weed to the front of the, off- front of the classroom right now. I mean... I don't want a 22-year-old fraternity guy named David Kaplan. Well, not you. No, of course not. I mean, actually, you'd be a great substitute teacher because it wouldn't be about the curriculum at all. It'd just be about parlays. Let, I mean, me, about te- sports. Let me teach you about 16 parlay. <laughs> Here's the odds. Now, if we take money line, it's going to bring it down versus laying the points. Does anyone, anybody have any questions? Cap's asking students to come up with the seventh leg of his parlay. <laughs> Whoever gets it gets an A. Gold star. Take that. This parlay hits. You don't have to show up the rest of the semester. Yay! Mr. Kaplan's the coolest. <laughs> See? See, it works out. Listen, man, it is true about the substitute teacher. And, I, and the names escaped me over the years, but any time that your lead teacher wasn't there and it would be like the guy from the library or it's just some guy to just bring in, that person would be the coolest because they wouldn't know exactly what's going on. They've got the book on what you're supposed to have. But you know what? That substitute teacher is rolling the card out and putting the TV on. Says, all right, let's watch a movie. I had right? a, te- a regular teacher mm-hmm. named George Yersky. Mm-hmm. He was the math teacher. Mm-hmm. Now, now hosting middays here. Yeah, exactly. He is, I believe, he's got to be deceased by this point. No, he's, no, he's on 12 to 2. George Yersky. Yep. And I was struggling with sine, cosine, and tangent. Do you remember that in math class? Sine is opposite over hypotenuse. Mm. Cosine is opposite over, uh, I'm trying to even remember, and tangent was opposite over adjacent. Mm-hmm. So I wrote on the top of my paper, SOCA-TOA, sine opposite over hypotenuse, C-A-A adjacent over hypotenuse, and tangent opposite over adjacent. 
he flunks me. Oh, he flunks me. Mm-hmm. And I brought my paper home to my dad. And I'm like, oh. I got an F in this, and I got every answer right. He called Mr. Yersky. Uh-huh. And the day I was supposed to go meet him, he was off. Mm-hmm. And I had a substitute teacher who took care of everything. Right, there you go. So Yersky I had got a, you. He got it out for He had it in for he you. He had that. it in for me. Why? He didn't like me. I was not the most mature. Why do you have to ask why? We work with them every day. <laughs> I just wanted a good story. Some teachers <laughs> liked me, like Mr. Lyman, rest in peace. He was amazing. Uh, he liked me. I think my teachers Mrs. liked Hay, me. Hay, not so much. I think my teachers liked me, you know, from the hallway when they dragged my, <laughs> my desk out to the hallway. I think they liked me from afar. Like, I was getting the work done, but it was just by myself. It's just one of those things where there's nothing like mom coming up to the school and saying, hey, why are you out there in the hallway? And it's like, yeah, you know, I just want to have peace and quiet or some nonsense I said. I mean, that was something that was happening all the time to me because uh, you think it might have been the class clown? Think it might have been happening? I think I was because I'm coming from a public school into a Catholic school and Catholic schools are all buttoned up and got the sweaters you have a on. Unifor- uniform? Yeah. Get the old sweater all going, slacks. That wasn't me. <laughs> but, I, but, but I did it. But I mean, just it's one of those things, Cap, where it's just like, man, it's got to be fun in here. It's got to be entertaining. Did, did May Hood show up at school and you were in the hall? No question. Happened so all the time. That happened to me. Mm-hmm. My mom showed up and why are you out in the hall? Because I'm ahead of the class. And so they didn't want to hold me back. So I'm actually working a chapter ahead in the uh, what was the reading thing? There was like uh a reading program, and you'd yeah. go through the colors. Oh, Remember yeah. that? Oh, yeah. And my mom went in and talked to the teacher. That was not the truth. I was being disciplined. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. You, Joe, you spend any time out in the hallway as a kid? Me? No, suspended. <laughs> you, weren't in, you weren't in the school at all. You're saying suspended, drinking liquor at eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> How old a guy were you, Joey, at that time? I was seventeen. <laughs> Just the hard brown liquor, right? What high school? Shane Norling to the principal's office. Bring everything you confiscated. <laughs> what? What's high school? Uh, Walter Lutheran High School yeah. in uh, Melrose Park. Yep, I remember that school. So you were out there with the you know, smoking cigarettes with the cigarette uh, rolled up into your uh, sleeve with your white T-shirt, No, right? no, that ain't me, Hoodie. I had the fedora on and the sport coat. By the way, I think, didn't, remember Walter Downing, the really good basketball player? I think he started at Walter Lutheran and then transferred. You said you had a fedora and the jacket on? So you were a Don back then, Joey. I was driving a brand new 79 color Supreme Bro, man. Oh. <laughs> shot or no shot in two minutes. We love you, Joey. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Captain Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? around the National Football League on Cap and Jay Hood here on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app, that same ESPN Chicago app where you can find Bear Down, the podcast. Need more bears? Go to Bear Down, the podcast with Black and Abdallah. Available on the ESPN Chicago app. With more on the NFL, here's Shay Norley. Shay? All right, let's get started with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, their head coach, Mike McDaniel, announced Tua will not be a part of the quarterback equation for the regular season finale. Remember, the Dolphins need to win that game to get in. So Tua not being a part of the equation, they might just miss the playoffs. Is there really a chance Miami just moves on from him this offseason? I think there's a real chance. Uh, and if it's not for ability, it's definitely for the concussions. That's serious, Cap. That's two that we know of. Well, would you be shocked, shocked, if Tua said, I'm done? It would not shock me. Remember Chris Borland? Wasn't that the name of the kid in San Francisco? Chris Borland, yeah. Who played one year and said, I'm done. It's not worth my long-term health, and I'm moving on with my life, and has never regretted that decision. Tua, multiple concussions? 
you telling me there, there isn't a chance he says I'm finished? I, I'd be surprised if it's not at least a discussion with his family. That thing Shay was humming in the middle part of their schedule, the Dolphins. You're beating the Steelers, the Lions, Bears, Browns, and Texans. You may not th- think a lot of some of those teams. point is, though, is that I thought that they had a nice rhythm. And then, all of a sudden, the concussion to Tua, and now they've lost a string of games here. They have to be able to move on. And as much as Mike McDaniel thinks that Tua can spin the ball well and thinks that uh, he is the guy, I think you have to take a look at something else uh, if you're the Dolphins. Because yeah, you feel I mean, you're close, right? Well, Brady or whoever's out there. That's the one that sticks out to me. Is last offseason, there was all the hubbub about Brady and Stephen Ross and that reunion, the Michigan men getting together. Now it kind of feels like there's a realistic chance Miami moves on from uh, from Tua. And I feel like Miami's the preferred destination, even over Vegas, if you're Tom Brady. If you're close, then you, you pull the trigger on Brady. It's not, it's not the same Brady that we've seen, though. Like, as much as you still would give... Brady benefit of the doubt, Cap. It's it's an it's older Brady that's had a lot of struggles with this Tampa team. You take him if you're close, but this is not a two-year project. That'd be one year or bust if you get Brady. Correct. But Brady threw for what, 432 yards the other day? He looked yeah. amazing. And There's- as they've gotten their weapons healthy again, Mike Evans looks like he's out of the slump. Chris Godwin got healthy. As they've gotten healthy and gotten their weapons back, he's looked better. And yes. you're not going to get better weapons than Miami. They have the best wide receiver combo in the in the league. All right, what else do we have? Uh, Mike Tomlin, chasing 500, has a chance this weekend to not only continue the 500 streak and stay above that record, but also to make the playoffs with Kenny Pickett. Is he the most underrated coach in sports? Yes, that's a shot. That's no question. Well, that's a different thing. <laughs> yes, he is. He is out freaking standing. How? How? With this team. Like, this is supposed to be a reset. Mm -hmm. Not Bears reset, but this is supposed to be post-Roethlisberger some struggles. It's not like they didn't give Trubisky the keys. Here, Mitch, you've been there. Prove yourself. It's another franchise. Let's do it. And he failed. And you're doing it with Kenny Pickett? As much as you and I, and I think this room, really like Kenny Pickett and his upside, you didn't expect him to be in the mix right now and actually getting better as the season progresses. 100% he is the most underrated superstar coach in professional sports in this country. No doubt in my mind. They could beat the Browns on Sunday. I think they will beat the Browns on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that could get them in the playoffs. It would be an amazing <laughs> accomplishment. <laughs> standard is the standard, right? The standard is the standard. Shay, uh, they say Hollywood has a sequels problem. You know what else is a sequels problem? Jim Harbaugh to the NFL stories. We are in version eight of this. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh met with David Tepper, the Panthers owner, reportedly had a phone conversation, um, potentially about filling a head coaching vacancy if they choose to move on from Steve Wilkes. You going to do brother Wilkes like that again, huh? How many times do you have to prove himself? Wilkes has turned it around. I mean, look. We know where the Carolina Panthers are going. I mean, they got to figure out some things here in the offseason, but hasn't Wilkes pulled the nose up on that a little he bit? He absolutely has. He's done a very good job. But if you're David Tepper and you've got more money than most of the world, mm-hmm. you want to shop, as you call it, at the top shelf. I would think Sean Payton would be in play. Jim Harbaugh. Name the big name. I would think he has the checkbook and the appetite to go down that road. What do you give... What's his name? Who'd they oh, fire? Oh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Gave him like an insane contract. Yes. $90 million or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a different conversation, Cap, but let me just ask you. So are there any more coveted jobs in which you'd just stay there forever if you were allowed? Like, if Harbaugh wants to stay at Michigan, even though he's gone through the slings and arrows from the fan base, you can't develop a quarterback, your offense isn't any good, you get right there to the mountaintop again. Almost a chance to get to the national championship game, you fall short. You would think that that would be the rest of his life, being a Michigan coach. Is there any more jobs like that? You're just like, I'm just going to stay here forever? It's not the job. It's the way sports is today. College sports, mean. All sports. I mean, look, we've, we buy our admission. No one could have won with the Bears roster, right? Correct. 
Okay, we have we spent the first hour of the show openly pining for Sean Payton to take the job. It means Eberflus. Hey, man, you had no chance. Get out. Mm-hmm. You're gone. Nathaniel Hackett didn't make it a full season in Denver. Our guy in here we love, Snorling, he would fire Jimbo Fisher tonight if somebody wrote in and said, here's $86 million in your buyout. Get out. Right? Yes, the way it, yeah. That's the way it is today. It is. So, no. You stay one step ahead of the posse. It's unfortunate that there'll never be another Ray Meyer or some of these guys that coach 40 years at one job. Belichick's a one-off. Bayheim. Bayheim. He's been there since, what, 1980? Yeah. Yeah. Your guy, Greg Campy. Yeah. Been there since the Reagan Reagan administration. Right. Don't be saying that about Campy. He's great. (laughs) Can can I offer a different side of the Harbaugh deal, too? Knock him out, Cap. He's saying stuff about Greg Campy. Campy's uh, the best. The the Oakland uh, Golden Grizzlies coach. Go ahead. His brother beat him in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that burn your ass? Wouldn't you want to go back to the NFL and get another shot? You lost to your brother in the Super Bowl. You think that doesn't come up at Christmas dinner? Oh, I'm sure. All the time. The Harbaugh's are so... God, they're, they're so into football, and they like to go after each other. They love each other, but I think they like to bust each yeah, other's balls. They're exceptionally balls. close. I don't think it would burn his ass. I think he'd like to just win a Super Bowl, period. And if he had to lose one, he'd rather lose to his brother. They're all competitive, though, even the old man. When he saw that Philly special in that game, he stood right up in the press box. What the hell's going on out there? Right. The old man Harbaugh stood up. Why are you running that? Where's the timeout? Oh, he lost the game. He was mad. He was not happy. He was not that. happy. Jim, what are you doing? So even though even he was into the game, Cap, I love watching that. His old man because the camera got on him just at the right time. What are you doing out there? You give us one more, Shay. What else do you have? Well, the elephant in the room uh, regarding the Bengals and the Bills game is fantasy football. What do people do with their fantasy football leagues? I am in two leagues in the championship game in both, and Josh Allen is my quarterback in both. And I was projected to win both games. Mm -hmm. At what point do you have arguments where you decide who wins? Do you chop the pot? What happens? This is really the elephant in the room, and it's a billion-dollar industry. Yes. Okay. So you have to. I, I know I'm asking you to do something that you don't have, and that's patience. But what if this game's made up, and that way you could be made whole on your fantasy football? Like if they're going to make this game up, say it's after the regular season, and it determines who's going to get the number one seed, who's going to get the buy, all that, right? Maybe that could determine whether or not you're a winner or a loser in your league. If there's one more game between the Bills and the Bengals. Snorling's trying that, to find any enough? way that he's the winner. Is that Do fair I have an 80% chance to win both my games? Is that not fair or no? Yeah, I, I think the uh, what you have to do, it is fair, but I think what you have to do is split the pot. And it just sucks. Well, I mean, if the game's played and, and Josh Allen plays well, you have a chance to win, right? Correct. Is it that? Is it that it's real tight, right? It's one real, of them I'm winning, and the other one I would win. If jo- I have Josh Allen and Jamar Chase, I would win. It's not an opportunity, right? Right? They just take the points from this week. They're gonna. They have well, something to play for. So I just carry about, the week. I thought about proposing that. I think you should. You should call Meller. Is Meller in here today? Yeah, he's with Waddle. Ask Ask Meller. There's got to be a scenario where something's happened before. Yeah, he'll be on in the afternoon. Ask Ask Jeff. I'm sure that scenario has come up to him where he could help. But I think that there's going to be another game, Cap. Because it's so murky with this whole thing. Who's going to be the number one seed? You can't have two or three teams tie with the same record. It's Like in in Vegas or yeah. here, points bet and DraftKings and FanDuel and mm-hmm. Bet Rivers. You know what they did with all the wagers from Monday night? They're all voided. Mm-hmm. All voided. So I was looking in my account, and I'm like, whoa, that bet is back in my account. Mm-hmm. So I had different plays, and they all voided because the game has to be completed within seven days is what they ruled. And it's not going to be. So it's, no, it's not. Bets are dead. All right, coming up, we've got an amazing animal story. That's next on Chicago's Home for Sports. Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. What's going on today in the animal kingdom? Chips throwing feces? 
While boars snacking on faces. Cougar on the loose. Yes, sir. Perhaps some horny mammals humping. Let's find out together. Animal Stories on Captain Jehu on ESPN 1000. The Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Time for an animal story, Uncle Cappy. I love animal stories, little Johnny. What do you got for us? Let's go now to nephew Shane Orling with the latest on an animal story. Shane? Yeah, two uncles. Uh, newlyweds shocked when grizzly bear mauling moose interrupts their vows. Okay. A mauling moose, you say? Correct. Tell us about Grizzly that. bear mauling moose. Yes. Correct. Okay, go on. During a marriage ceremony uh, on a riverbank, on the other side of the riverbank, a grizzly bear was mauling a moose. Killed it. <laughs> okay, hang on a second. Now, this is during a wedding ceremony, so this is in an area in which, hey, you've got the forest and you've got everything else that's going on, right? It's very scenic, I'm sure. Correct. So the video went viral on TikTok. It's a riverbank like you'd expect, the yes. forest. The best part is the wedding photographer walks away from the altar, jaw open, so that he can get photos of the bear mauling the moose. <laughs> wow. Did they stop the ceremony? I think they went through. I think they went Did through. Did they go, uh, hold on a second, pause everything. Because you want the photos of your wedding... I'm just curious if they so everyone watched this poor moose get did the moose die? Yeah, yes. no, the bear killed the moose, like drowned the it in the, the river and then tore it apart. Yeah, so oh, poor moose. Oh, it's fine. You know, that, I don't think it is. Oh, it's it's fine. You know, listen, as long as the people were not involved, I mean, listen, it's kind of it's the wildlife for you. See, here's the thing: the moose was someone who was romantic, right? The moose is like, ooh, ooh whatever moose say, and they were just very happy to see the wedding. So he pulled up a chair, the moose sat there, was like, this is wonderful. And then the bear came over and said, what are you looking at, moose? And the bear said, hey, there's a wedding going on there. What are you looking at? Aren't weddings beautiful? No, they're not. Rawr! And the bear went after the moose and tackled him and killed him. You know who would That's love to watch the moose get ripped apart? Danny Zetterman. De- thank you. Yes. Danny Zetterman, our boss, gets off on these wild animal videos where they just terrorize the jungle. He loves that stuff. So Moose is sitting there that's enjoying the wedding. And the, and the bear did not like it. Like, he would pull up videos when he was producing here. He would pull up these videos. Cappy, look at this. Yeah, no thanks, Danny. I have no interest in looking at a leopard destroy a bird. Now, you see, JC, there was a very sensitive moose there, right? The moose just wanted to watch the wedding. That's got what a, I got a gift you for the maybe couple. Wanted to, <laughs> wanted to get married someday, you know, staring <laughs> I, out there. I think so. Now, does it read that it was a single moose? Is that what we have, Shay? Was it was the moose single? Just it, was a, it was a single moose. Yes. It was a single moose. So it was the, not a moose family. Yeah, you see, now moose, the moose was there to be able to at some point uh, get the bouquet, the, the bouquet. They they throw it. That's what I was thinking. He just threw it at the corpse of the moose. Like, <laughs> the dead moose is laying in the river, and they're just yanking the bouquet at him. Oh, yeah, you, you're married next. <laughs> and the bear, it just says, I don't like weddings. As a matter of fact, the bear was Cap. A lot of ways. Says Cap doesn't like weddings, neither did the bear. The end of this article made me really angry. It said wow. it, it gave what new meaning. Wrong? I'm a very thoughtful, romantic person. Who hates weddings. I don't enjoy going to weddings. That's true. That's exactly right. So you're the bearer in this situation. Except you didn't kill anyone. Correct. Yet. Yet. I'm not going to this wedding. Ah, take that. That's exactly what happened. Go yourself, Mindy. <laughs> so that's what happened. But that's wildlife, though. Ah, I love those shows when I was a kid. And that's the only thing that kept me calm as a kid, you know. All this Adderall and stuff that you know, people take in these pills. I didn't have pills. I had Wild Kingdom. Yeah, Marlon I, Perkins. That's what I had. I had Channel 11 to keep me calm. That's it. <laughs> Relax, Jonathan. Put the TV on. And there I am, calling on the, uh, the house phone. Yes. Yes, my parents also want to get a Big Bird beach towel. 50 bucks. Mom, 
50 bucks. What? <laughs> what? What do you mean 50 bucks? I got a pledge for this Big Bird beach towel. Not going to happen. <laughs> she went ahead and did it anyway. That was half the money that was coming in the home. <laughs> so there it is. All right, coming up next in two minutes is Cat being too hard on Matt Eberflus. We'll explain that next on Chicago's Home for Sports. Ooh. How do I reach these gates? Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Good morning and welcome in to the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN1000. And streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Glad that you're with us here on this Wednesday morning as we talk to you about the Bears. Bears getting ready to finish the season against the Minnesota Vikings. But we want to talk to you a little bit about the Bears as far as not just now, but also the future. At the time that Matt Eberflus was hired as the head coach for the team, uh, there was some indifference for me because we went through a number of names, some that were middle shelf Maybe one that was on the top of the shelf cap, but it ends up being Matt Eberflus. And I thought, well, this is a transitional hire for what's going to be next because we suspected that this team would be uh, in trouble as far as trying to uh, win post-Naggy and post-Pace. It would be in trouble, meaning that you had to get rid of some of the talent to be able to uh, get to where you want to be as a franchise. You had to bottom out to try to get back to the top. You didn't have to. You could have taken, they did not have a ton of cap space. Mm-hmm. They had some. You did not have to. You could have tried to piecemeal it together and added to the team. He chose to go the other direction. And be 5 and 12. More, more like five or six wins. If you would have kept, if you would have kept it intact and just added a few more names... Where would you be? Well, they were 6-11 and last year under Nagy. Mm -hmm. If you had added to the O-line, gotten another receiver, I don't know, do you piecemeal it and win seven? Eight? Probably not. You weren't getting that much when they were here. You certainly were not building a championship team. Mm -hmm. And so he said, I'm going to make the tough decision that we're going to take all the dead cap money right now. Khalil Mack, get out. Roquan, get out. Robert Quinn, get out. Danny Trevathan, thanks for coming. Alan Robinson, see you later. James Daniels, good luck in Pittsburgh. And all of a sudden, this is what you get. Yeah. Three and 14. Mm-hmm. But, but well, I guess the point is, is that in a lot of ways, since you weren't winning with the talent you had, you want to be able to have as much space as you could financially. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, told, uh, I totally understand the direction. Because as is, you weren't going anywhere. Is there something, is there a narrative out there that the Bears could have coached up Khalil Mack, coached up Akeem Hicks, coached up a number of these guys for them to be better and be a better, a, a better football team? I don't think so. I think you were getting what you were getting with this, with this football team. Nothing else is going to change just because you were losing here. Why did so many people pick that they could win eight, nine, ten ballgames? You know why, Cap, is because all we have as fans is hope. That's why. It may Sometimes it's a rational hope, but all we have is hope. You know how many losses that we've seen over the years as fans mm-hmm. in this town? Mm-hmm. How many teams that have underachieved? But all you have is hope. Sometimes it's irrational. But when pe- we were taking phone calls in July and August, and people were telling me, oh, this, guys, this is a 10-11 win ball club. This is a top five special teams unit. This is... You, you had to be daft to believe that based on the roster composition. You weren't winning with the players that you had. What made you think that this was going to be a top-tier team in the NFC based on not a lot on this roster? So it's irrational, but you can understand why fans feel optimistic because they said, I'm tired of pace, I'm tired of Nagy, I want to see something different, and now you see something different. But you have to wait a while to get what you want, and that's a perennial playoff team. That is cr- and there's no guarantee. No, it's not. Look how many years the Jets have been wandering in the wilderness. The Giants, how many coaches they go through? 
uh, Pat Shermer, isn't that his name? Yes. Pat Shermer into, who did they fire to hire? Joe Judge. Joe Judge mm-hmm. for DeBall. Mm-hmm. Brian DeBall. Um, they've been since 2016, no playoffs. Washington's been wandering in the wilderness for how long? The Raiders have been wandering in the wilderness. Like the Lions. Look how long it's taken. The, and people think we're going to turn this thing around in one year because we got the number two pick at least and cap space? Mm-hmm. Stop. This is the worst roster in the NFL. Yeah. It's hard to say, but it's really true. Because, But they made it this way because they want to be able to get a top-tier draft pick. And whether it's one, two, whatever it's going to be, the Bears should be able to get what they need. And they need a lot on this roster. Well, when you say get what they need, explain what that means. Well, if you need someone on the offensive line, you can find someone on the offensive line. You can get the best that's available on the offensive line. Need someone on the defensive line, you should be able to get the best that's available on the defensive line. Need somebody in the secondary, you should be able to get the best was available in the secondary because uh, it, it's like this huge game of darts. But there's a big bullseye. You can't miss if there's a huge bullseye. You can't miss. There's a lot of things that's needed on this football team besides the quarterback. But the free agent class is not – you don't look at it and go, wow, look at all those superstars. They're not. No, but in the draft, you could be able to find what you want. Well, that's – got the number two pick you don't have another first round pick no but i mean you gotta start someplace right would you rather have the two pick or rather be in the middle or the bottom agreed but it's going to be a long process and i don't think fans are prepared for that i think there are still fans out there that truly believe hey man we go get will anderson and we sign a offensive lineman or two get a receiver we're good we're ready to go Mm -mm. That's just the they beginning. They are light years from contention. Yeah, that's, you, that's just the beginning. Correct. Absolutely. So having said that, since we're talking about the players, what about the head coach and Matt Eberflus? Because if I asked you, Cap, give me the things that stand out to you most about this Eberflus era, you'd probably say, well, I mean, he's going along with the process that's been put out there, and that is we're going to lose and we're going to rebuild this thing from scratch. Correct. But is there anything from Eberflus, again, as a defensive coordinator, in which you say, boy, that defense, there's some wrinkles there defensively that he's implementing on this team. He may be the CEO, but still, he is a defensive coordinator at heart. He may not be calling all the plays, but he's got to be looking at this from a defensive coordinator standpoint and looking at this and saying, this is trash. This is awful, especially that last game against Detroit, the worst game that the Bears played. If I said to you, hey, Jonathan, we have a team. We need to hire a head coach. We can get anybody. Matt Eberflus on your shopping list? Just not. After what you saw this year? Mm-mm. And again, his roster's terrible. I he, get it. He wasn't on my initial list before he got the job. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So. But no one would win with this roster. But has he done anything where you go, boy, that really, we could build on that. The fact that 38-10, to 10, he still had Justin Fields in the game. Tells me a lot. That was the dumbest coaching decision I've watched in a long time. And it makes you wonder whether or not that's his decision, Fields' decision, or Poles' decision. Who came up with that? All I keep hearing him is him empowering Justin Fields when I hear Iberflu speak. The young man wants to play. He's healthy enough to play. He plays. And then we have former players that say, well, he needs this experience. I don't disagree of, with that. Of what, but uh, what experience of what, though? But when you're down 38 to 10 to the Lions, what are you learning? Yeah. Other than you're getting a living, you know what beaten out of you, mm-hmm. sacked seven times. What are we gaining? Hey, where's Justin? He's in the blue tent getting checked for a concussion. All right, when he gets cleared, put him back out there. Why? What was he learning? Nothing. Stupid. That's just an idiotic, dumb take. There was something that was very odd, Shay. I don't know if you noticed if if you watched the game. Did you notice that Justin Fields is on, on sitting there on the on the table, and slowly the blue tent went over him, almost like a like a hearse or like the casket falling coming down, like the lid of the casket coming down. Like they had to put the blue tent around him to be in the tent. He didn't walk in; they just put it over the top of it. Right, it folds up. It was very sad. 
It was. <laughs> it's very sad to see that he's sitting on the, the table and slowly the blue tent just goes over the top of him. It's closing on him like a clamshell. <laughs> it really That's was. what it was like. It's a great analogy. <laughs> it really was. And just kind of watching it, it's like, this guy's got to be in the blue tent and he's got a bad shoulder and he's running all over the place. He's limping when he's I'm like, come on, man. Really? And then on top of that, Cap, when it comes to Eberflus and Justin Fields, look at it from this standpoint. From Justin Fields, holds the ball like a loaf of bread. No one fumbles the ball more than him in the league. I know this is part of this part of his offensive line, but also him not being able to value the football well enough. He's still learning, too. That's what it looks like. Correct. All of this is, is a situation where the Bears have to be able to grow together as an organization. This new look Bears. This new reimagined Bears have to be able to grow to, together. General manager, head coach, quarterback, offensive coordinator, and all the way across the board. But you feel like there's a free agent coach that could step right in there and really change the fortunes of the Bears, right? At some point. I, I just, there's, n- we got our quarterback. I truly believe he's the guy. Sure. And I've been consistent with that. The rest of it, I just don't know. I mean, Ryan Poles wowed you with any move he's made. I hope the two defensive backs are good. Mm -hmm. He stayed loyal to his board, and he got the two best guys, in his opinion, on the board at the times they were picked. What else has he done where you go, now that's a sharp executive. Gave up number 33 or 34 for Chase Claypool, who Mike Tomlin, who we just said is the most underrated coach in pro sports, said, yeah, you can go. We're done with you. Get out. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. But you have a coach in mind that you feel that could be able to change the fortunes of the franchise. My whole premise: I'm not telling you that they should go fire the coach. Right? I, what I said to you at the start of the show: mm-hmm. Do not make a call. You have a franchise quarterback. You've got a bunch of what was the words you used? Neophytes? Yeah. An OC who's never been an OC. Mm -hmm. A head coach who's never been a head coach. A GM who's never been a GM. And we're going to let them determine the future of the franchise going into a new stadium when Sean Payton is out there? Really? You're not going to even make a phone call. Sean, if you're coming back to the league, before you do anything, I've got a big checkbook here. Talk to me. At least meet with me. Have dinner with me. Sure. And if he says, you know what, it's just not a fit. That's not going to work. But if he says, yeah, here's what I need. Uh, we can do that. Yes. And I need that. We can do that. I need to pay my step. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. So that the question we have on the table for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. Cap and I want to find out from you, if you are the Bears, do you at least call Sean Payton to see if he's interested, or do you like the status quo right now, being able to grow with Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff? So just getting your thoughts, Sean's available. He's doing um, television and radio at Fox, but he will coach again. He's interested. What about the Bears? What do you think? 312-332-3776 is our phone number. Cap and Jay Hood, morning 7 to 10.